0: Now get ready for the time of your life, cause you are now watching GawCast. (gasps) Welcome to Gog Hat, the show. We're 20 episodes in and we still have no idea what the hell we're doing. I'm your host, High Joy of 99, and I'm joined here today with Fufa How are you today?
1: I'm doing pretty damn well. I have so much caffeine in me, thanks to our sponsor, Scuba Jonesy. I'm sorry. Uh anyways. <laughs> uh, uh, um can't wait for chapter three. Anyways, uh Nah, no, I'm doing pretty fine, uh, just woke up, um, you know, life and all that, you know, uh, went to the comic book store today and, uh, uh, got a bunch of Pokemon cards, one of them was fake and one of them was, well actually, it wasn't a fake, like, I mean, they had a deal for three, um, for like 25 bucks and it was like metal ones, um, they are fake. One was, uh, Deadpool with Detective Pikachu. <laughs> one was a shiny Ditto, and the other one, I believe, was... Oh, yeah, it's the one I have right here. It's Eevee, but it's in French for some reason. I have no idea why it's in French, but that's, I don't know. <laughs>
0: that's interesting. That must have been an import from France, probably.
1: Yeah, they probably went all the way from Canada down to, you know, America, I guess. Or maybe they weren't from freaking French. That'd be interesting. That's a journey right there. Yeah, um,
0: yeah to man, think about, be- like, you know, it's funny to think all this stuff. Like, I know for a fact that I am, like, over, like, roughly, like, 50% Canadian and French myself. So, it's was like, I actually did DNA at one point in time, and it was just like, yeah, you're... You have a lineage in your hand that actually is that actually did settle in Quebec, Canada. That was fascinating.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: It is, yeah. Because I remember at one point in time, I remembered like I was chatting with my mom about this, and I remembered specifically that when this happened, I was just when I found out from my ancestry, I'm like, yo, uh, she actually was right. because I didn't believe her for a while because like Canadian French, that didn't seem quite such a thing. French, I can believe a Canadian French, nah. Then I got this ASF DNA result, and I'm like, okay, cool, that's sick.
1: Oh yeah, certainly. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Um, uh, I also got like Sylveon, Dark Sylveon, and uh, it, it, you know what's you know what's funny is um, I actually had the same card, but it was in it was an it was an official card. The metal one was a metal reproduction. If that makes sense, like, it was basically the same card, but in French, and it was metal stamped Uh, But, uh, yeah, personally, I I believe I have a bit of French in myself, I think. I I know I'm mostly Italian. I've never taken an Ancestry or 23andMe or any of those genetic tests, but I do know that um, I do say sorry a lot, (laughs) so, yeah, that's a thing. Um, uh, especially when, um, I'm, uh, you know, being a, uh, a, you know, a, a, a silly billy, uh, just, I guess, just going like, but what if Super Jonesy do? <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I'll go like that all the fucking time and I'm just like, hmm, interesting. Why do I say sorry so much? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you secretly a Canadian? Who knows?
1: Who knows? Find out in the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Oh shit! I said Zed. God damn it! <laughs> 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 uh,
0: I hear ya. Uh, I remember I was trying to, when I was originally gonna. You know, for those of you who watched episode nineteen, no, wait, no, not nineteen, eighteen. When I did the previously on Godcast, which by the way, I'm sure you, any many of you noticed that we got a new intro. Um, oh yeah! Yeah, the new intro. I actually had like a previously, I was originally gonna do previously on has Z, to kind of be like, a play on Dragon Ball Z. That was originally gonna be the idea for it, like, trying to make like, a spoof off of Dragon Ball Z. But oh yeah, clearly I never that never happened. So, but it still came out freaking awesome, and I'm like, I will gladly take that.
1: Oh yeah, it's definitely. Um... It was definitely supposed to be cheesy, so obviously in the one that you, you're going to see, um, you know, after this one, I believe, right? Or are you going to change this one as well?
0: The intro is going to stay the same for a while, but I, after a while, like, I'm going to de- get the new... The, there's going to be another version of the intro with the same song and, like, core layout, but it's just going to be, like, I'm going to tweak it so there's, gonna, like, in, like, feature film of, like, us, like scrolling around oh i see i'm gonna like more interact like a more dynamic intro so it's gonna be a really interesting intro i'm gonna plan out but yeah it's gonna be a really cool project once i get it all done and eventually eventually there will be a proper scene thunks that i will compose
1: okay myself yeah certainly
0: eventually down the road, which will provide a very different feel for the intro, like, rather than being this metalish feel, it'll probably be something a bit different, but that's a while but away once I have, actually have the space and time to be able to pull that off.
1: Of course, yeah. Because, like, um, honestly, you're very good at guitar, even though you say you're, you know, average or below average. Honestly, I could not do some of the stuff that you do on a guitar that I've seen you do. You know, like, um, like, it's truly, uh, truly amazing what you can do, honestly, in my opinion, you know, just some guy that I know, that's my friend, you know, uh, of course I know you, you know, you're very humble about it. So I I can assume that you probably do have a bit of ways to go. You do take classes, right?
0: Well, I actually am about to finish up the semester of college that actually had a classical guitar class and Uh, so interesting so i'll have that guitar one class done so i'll have some mastery in like at least the first position but other than that though like yeah it's just it's i'm still like it's just it was a good class because even though i had experience with the guitar it it did help me refine like my style a bit more and it did teach me how to read like classical notation guitar which was very helpful
1: most certainly
0: which will help, which is is helpful for like understanding like music pattern and like understanding like rhythm sense. Like it was very helpful for understanding that.
1: Mm. I see. Uh,
0: but meanwhile, though, Alpaca, was there anything new with you in regards to like besides the Pokemon cards, like any like technology you've interacted with or, you know, uh... um,
1: I I do believe I I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but. Uh, I got a new phone, Um, so yeah, got a new phone. It's way better than the last one, and uh, now that I kind of know how to properly take care of it, which I'm going to be completely honest, I don't believe I did um, a little bit way back when, but uh, now I know how to take care of it and not, like, use cruddy chargers and, you know. Make sure not to drop it as much and a few other things. I mean, it's pretty good. It's got a. It has like a battery saver that's always on, which is good, and in my opinion. Like, you can keep it always on unless it's charging. Uh, a bunch of basic features, but as a. Uh, as some dude who just. You know, truly. Doesn't know too, too much about. You know, uh, phones versus actual computers. Um, I appreciate. Whatever it has, you know, I I really only want my phone for YouTube and uh, for watching YouTube and uh, just, you know, calling people. It's, you know, I never truly uh, need a phone for much other than that or just communication and YouTube, you know, and uh, but if I do need to, I'll of course use it on, on my computer just to go get that 1080p. Oh this phone can uh handle 720p which my original one didn't. So Woo! yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if you put it at 720p or 1080p, it would uh it would like stutter, which is strange. Um but anyway, anyways, um what else have I Oh yeah, um so of course Black Friday happened a little while ago now. Um, and while I wasn't able to get anything because I was a bit stubborn, I was like, maybe I should wait on this. There were some pretty good deals. There's like an SK Hynix, uh, solid state drive, the, uh, SATA ones. Those were, um, those were like 75 bucks, I believe. Um, and, uh, that one was, um... That one I would have gotten if I wasn't so stubborn about it, you know, but, uh, I mean, you know, whatever it's, it's, uh, it's fine. Um, I was definitely looking at the Black Friday deals, but I do feel sometimes though that Black Friday deals nowadays have been, been, uh, shortened to a, uh, throwaway stock, I guess, like, uh, get rid of this inventory type of deal. Mm. Um, however, that doesn't mean that it's always like that. It's just that I mean, especially with the ongoing semiconductor shortage, um, among other things, you know that's that's kind of the you know the reason why I haven't been able to like get too much technology in my life. I would love to get a great GPU, but you know,
0: yeah, that's not going to happen for a while, as long as the CPU and GPU and component storage is going on right now with the, thanks to all the semiconductor shortages storages and whatnot, this is going to be a thing for a while.
1: Yeah, unless our people can kind of fight back, which, uh... Mm, hint, hint, one of the topics in, um, in a few uh, moments. But, uh... Yeah. Anyways.
0: Yeah, um as for me though, um I did I haven't really mentioned some of the things I have acquired uh for I think last time. I don't know if I actually, if it, if it, I actually mentioned I got some of this stuff last time, but screw it, I'm going to show it off. Uh, I have this Zelda Game and Watch.
1: This Oh is- yeah, yeah, you showed me that I play uh Link uh 1 and uh, Zelda 1 and 2 and Link of the Past, right? Or is it Awakening?
0: This is Legend of Zelda 1, Legend of Zelda 2 and this also has Link's Awakening.
1: All right then. Yeah, and, I was
0: And yeah, this is the and for those of you who don't have this, the Link's Awakening that's in here is the original version, not the DX version.
1: Where, I don't know how I feel
0: about that. Right. But the thing is, there's a nice little touch on this, if any of you don't know. Uh, there's a little glowing Triforce right there. If you leave it on, it actually glows.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's I, 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 rem- I remember sh- you showing me that. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, Other news, um, I actually got a couple other games here. Uh, I'll show you my special edition collection here. I got Sonic Colors Ultimate, which is on the very top there. And I believe over here is my copy of Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, they recently acquired. And I also managed to get myself this lovely little game here called Tales of Arise. I've heard good things about this game, and this also was on the RPG list. For game of the year. Not game of the year, but get the idea. The RPG of the year in the Game Awards. Which this game here is in the running alongside another legendary game.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Another legendary game. But only because it was on sale.
0: Exactly. More on that actually very soon.
1: So,
0: <laughs> actually, speaking which, we might as well get to it now. So... This topic actually was one from last week. Well, last weekend more so. But the thing is, is that we were t- trying to find topics for this week, and we just saw this one, and we were like, this actually would make a good topic to talk about. And oh yeah, certainly. So let's get this let's get this going here. So I'm gonna scroll up a little bit here. Uh, yeah, so Cyberpunk 2077 was rated very positive by new user reviews. So what happened here is that this you know, game I was had a messy launch. I can't deny uh, it. You can't deny it. Everyone knows it. I could
1: not deny that. They they delayed and delayed it and they were really polishing a turd at this point. But... But it has been consumed by flies, which has been eaten by frogs, which has been eaten by other predators and food chain up to what apparently is a very positive, good game. Who knows?
0: Yeah, so what happened here is that it, on the Steam Autumn sale that just happened, it was on sale for half the price. And despite the glitches that it had at launch, there were some patches that got released, obviously, before this sale happened. And it went from receiving just 78 thumbs up on November 23rd to 2,882 of them on November 24th. And then after, the day after that, it went right up to 5,589. And some and then everyone was like, and one guy wrote, and according to this article, some relatively minor glitches here and there, but overall a compelling story in an immersive world. Plus, if you're a fan of Keanu Reeves, then you're bound to have a good time.
1: And we all know... We all know... uh, What was that quote? Uh, We're here for Keanu Reeves. Anyways, uh... <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, uh... One person... Uh, said, "Nice game. Come back in twenty seventy seven when it's finished." XD, <laughs> um, which you know, <laughs> um, you know, um, the the uh, you, you know, um, who is it? Quest director Powell. I don't know how to pronounce it. Powell Sasco was pleased to see the recommendations coming in saying on Twitter, you can't imagine what it means to me and thanking players for over 15k very positive reviews in the last days which has now risen to like just under just under like uh, 19, uh, almost 20,000 reviews. Like it's at 19,899 uh, um, but you Know, um, it's uh, I mean, it's quite interesting, you know, that a sale could like make a game just jump because, of course, you have to worry about you know the fact that the you know the most you know the news is just that it's it's such a you know it's a People didn't like this game when it came out. It was very buggy, very unpolished. It got taken off the PlayStation 4 store, which, my God, you know? Like, if, if your game has to be, if your AAA developed game has to be taken off of a major console brand store, then, like, I mean, you've really messed up at that point. They really should have either not released it on the, uh, younger consoles i guess or the older consoles i mean they should have only released it on the younger consoles the newer ones i feel at least um but this just goes to show that they really have tried their very best to you know polish it up you know for lower end uh hardware because a lot of the people on uh, on Steam, they really only use, like, mid-tier graphics cards. Like, I'm one of them. I use a 1660 Super, which is kind of mid-tier, but a lot of them use a lower-end, like the 1060 and, you know, 1050 Ti, you know, and it's it's amazing that, you know, they've at least gotten the game to a point where people can actually truly enjoy it somehow, you know? Yeah, I, I know did. people are waiting for a sale. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah,
0: like I've actually played Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven both on my computer here, and then obviously as many of you see, um, my games rack there. I have it on Xbox, and I've been playing it more so on the Series X because, obviously, right now my computer is technically worse than my Xbox over there, and
1: technically, I, yeah can't do run photoshop on it sorry i'm, I'm not trying to be a pc elitist <laughs> you know <laughs> okay oh,
0: it's fine but anyways the game actually i haven't really encountered too many bugs with my play through a cyberpunk 2077 and while i do like to joke around the game a lot especially because of its meme status on the internet <laughs> i you know Eric. i genuinely enjoy the game and these reviews actually show that yeah the game itself, if the bugs were, you know, fixed up, would have been, had much better reviews when it came out. And, like, I remember reading something about the developers wanting like another two years' worth of time for polish and to make sure everything was working right. And CD Product Red actually was trying to get the game rushed.
1: Yeah. I, I understand that. They wanted to get it out, you know, just before you know, Christmas, I guess, or not not before Christmas, but before autumn, and I, I know that they are trying to get it out there, you know, as soon as possible, because it was pretty much okay, but they really needed, like, CD Projekt Red should have just not given the go-ahead, you know, the higher-ups should have understood that this um, scheme of... Releasing an unpolished game and then fixing it up later. It really hurts the first impressions. Isn't it a... Isn't it, you know, a thing still that first impressions count? And yet you got video game companies like this. They are not doing their, their best to give that first impression. Um, it really counts still. And some game companies, apparently, they believe it's not so. Um, which, uh, it's kind of quite sad in my opinion. But, uh, um, hey, but, you know, um, I'm glad to see that the game has become a a better form of itself without, like, you know, NPCs sitting on the bench backwards and, uh, you know, sub-20 FPS on the PlayStation 4, full things? Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I'm just glad that it's able to progress, you know? Like, progression is such a... Such a... Good... Like, it's it's such a... we We strive for progression. We strive to get ahead. We look a lot in the past sometimes, but... You know, progressing forward... Is a lot. Um, it's basically what the human, you know, the, that's that's why how we survived, we progressed, we became a civilization, you know, we became a community, you know, and just like you know that progression, I feel like uh Halo Infinite really polished up on that progression route too, you know.
0: Yeah, let's let's get into that Kay. then. I mean, I do have some thoughts on Cyberpunk itself. Like, don't get me wrong, it. It still has some ways to go before it does, you know, get to speed to where it should be. But, yeah, let's move on to Halo, then, uh, while we're on the mindset of that. And, yeah, so... Oh, you can, you
1: can, can, um...
0: We're we're, we're good. Um, Okay, that's fine. So, we've had an update on the progression system, and what it's saying here is, John Junisek... one of the Halo Community Managers at 343 Industries, has made a pretty interesting update on November 30th, and this is what he said. When we made our initial change of progression, which added daily Play One game challenges, updated weekly challenges, and doubled the duration of two XP boosts, we promised that we'd monitor the data and make additional changes if needed. Now it's time to follow up on that. After seeing how XP was earned with those changes, we noticed that players were starting their sessions with slower payouts than we'd like. To address this, we will be increasing the XP payout for the first six matches of each day. An outline of this update can be found below. And you can see here that the first game will give you 300 XP, games two and three will give you 200 XP, the fourth through six games will give you 100 XP. And the 7th plus game will give you 50 XP. And they believe this increase will help address those slower initial payouts while also benefiting those of you jumping on each day. Now this last tweet he gave out actually was the biggest kicker of the whole thing. And to me continues to show that 343 are wanting to make this game the best that they can. We know many of you want even larger changes and we're committed to doing so. But those will take time. We made this update based on data and player feedback, and we'll monitor its impact after we push it live tomorrow morning. As always, keep sharing your feedback. So, like I said, judging based off what this is saying, this shows to me that 343 is at least looking at Halo issues, and they're trying to come up with something actually reasonable to make everything work. Like, I believe the idea for, you know, actually having player feedback you know, killing other players actually giving you some scoring is probably something they never, for some reason, didn't think to implement when they were developing this game, even though games like Fortnite had already had it, and so they're trying to take some time to figure out, okay, how are we going to best reasonably scale this with how we're trying to handle progression?
1: Yeah, and I've seen a um, I've seen a. Uh, a an argument for that specific thing, um, like uh, not having a payout for how many, how many kills you get, that was actually... Uh, the counter to that is that um, it's best not to, because if you're playing in objective mode, like Slayer, it's fine, but if you're playing in objective mode, having XP given to the people who get the most amount of kills is a little bit backwards, because nobody will play the objective. Um, the, the only counter to that, though, is that what if the objective gives a lot more score or you don't get score for kills, you get score for objective plays and objective modes and in Slayer, it is the complete opposite because the only objective is literally to kill.
0: That would make sense in some way, yeah, or at least find a way. It's like, yeah, killing is something you get, you know, something from, you know, these objective game modes like Oddball and all that stuff, but at least scale it down. Like, say if, like, Slayer gives you, like, 25 XP per each kill. In objective game mode, it'd be, like, 13. But you would still Mm. get, you know, 25 XP per every X amount of seconds you're at the spawn for the objective mode.
1: Yeah, that might work. That might work. Um, Of course, they'd have to balance it, you know, but I do get what you're saying, Yeah. Um I I yeah it, that was the counter to it, like but I, I do understand that too as well, like at least having some sort of payout because that's part of the game is literally to, you know, shoot the bad guys. And if they you know, if if you don't do that, they will shoot you and then steal the objective. So I do understand that that's part of the game and should at least reward you with like 10 XP or 20 XP per kill or something. Um, and I do understand that, as this is a free-to-play game, of course, they can't exactly just, you know, crap out, you know, experience. They gotta have people, you know, log in, which, honestly, though, um, you know, I'm glad, though, that they did this, uh, first game, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, seventh plus, um, I'm glad I did this because that gives more incentive to log on. Um, I feel like what's missing is a reason to log on in some games, and this would this would give you the uh, the uh, joy of logging in and playing a game and then getting that experience boost. But as you play more, you know, some people get tired. You know, some people get tired of it, and they leave after their, you know, eighth game. Um... Me personally, I don't really like, uh, I don't play that long. So I do like this progression system.
0: Oh, I hear you too. Like, any, even in addition to this too, I mean, we're not going to talk up this actively because it's oh, whatever, but we did, I did spot a video in my suggestion feed that I brought to Alpaca's attention that they brought up some Twitter feed conversation that's like, hey, we are actually going to try and introduce more game modes. So having those game modes in addition to this progression system would actually help a lot.
1: Certainly, yeah, that too, because... uh, um, Can I talk about what they included?
0: Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you can mention what the video included.
1: So there was... um, Give me one second. Let me go back to it, because I don't know the exact name of it. Apologies, viewers. Uh, Where is it? Ah, here it is. Think... Uh, yes okay let's mute that pause it all right so um do, do,
0: do, 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 do,
1: do, do. apologies uh all right so there is uh free for all swat fiesta um but uh, the only thing i wonder where is infection because that was a that I know that that was a very very like um so uh I I know that that was a very big mode way back in the day it's like it's literally you know infected it's I I love the idea of that is that you kill as the infected like one person becomes infected and then they attack and all that um and as they sleep, it's like zombies basically you know um but, looking at the game modes that they are working on, free-for-all, we all know what free-for-all is, it's...
0: Woo! The mode that <laughs> I would always play in that game, probably, I swear to god.
1: Oh yeah, certainly. Uh, Fiesta, which, we already got an event for Fiesta, but this time it's not um, towards a certain you Know, event it's actually just Fiesta, uh, tactical slayer or SWAT, which, um, uh, tactical slayer. I am brand new to Halo, so, um, I let me just look some, up.
0: I believe that's some mode in which you just start off with battle rifle, which is the pulse like three shot with like a mini, like a slight scope on it.
1: Okay, I believe okay,
0: it's, uh, the mode in which you just start off with that. And then because I know that's how ranked work too, but if I remember team SWAT correctly, that's what that is. It's like a slayer, but you start off with just the battle rifle. And it, I really, see. And then it really makes you it's one of those modes it really incentivizes you to explore the map and try whatever weapon you can find, because you only start off with like one weapon or something like that. Some stupid thing with that. I believe that's how that works.
1: I see. Yeah, it um Where does it say... Uh, One second... Apologies... Uh... Okay. What are the rules? Oh, is it like... Is there, like, uh... Friendly fire? Is it basically kind of like, uh... I'd say, um... Oh, I see, okay. Infinite ammo... Uh, weapon pickup, no grenades, mongoose, uh, I'm looking at the, uh, where is it, Halo 3, um, rule set, um, betrayal booting, oh, you gotta watch out for friendly fire then. Mm -hmm. Uh, no shields, no shields, so it's, it seems like, uh, almost like, uh, a version of hardcore from Call of Duty, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) so... Interesting, yeah. I um, I uh, like I said, I'm brand new to Halo, but this not a noob though.
0: But. I'm sure this will be good for someone like you who's probably used to like Call of Duty. Then, then because you're probably used to a higher a lower time to kill, so this will probably be a good mode for you to just hop on and just try once in a while to just. Oh,
1: certainly. I I, that is one thing that I was afraid of is missing is that the lower time to kill in, you know, the usual games. You know, and the usual uh, shooters, um, but I feel like with uh, with SWAT though, yeah. like I feel like it it uh, it overshadows what you know Halo is. Is like higher time to kill. You have to be accurate in your shots and stuff, and an entire mag might not even get them if you don't hit them. You know, so uh... Hmm. Eh, anyways. Yeah, that is that is uh, f- fine by me to get new modes, you know. Yeah. But uh, back to the, you know, the whole, uh, battle pass progression. Yeah, because you know,
0: that because we were we we had to tie this in because it was something that related to it because it gave us more reasons to come back on the game. But I yeah, certainly. I all minute right now the challenge that I like having challenges be more freeform because I know like some shooters you know they get very restrictive with the challenges and while Halo was kind of like that at first they definitely changed the challenges up to make them more freeform which is nice and I feel like definitely. as long as you keep the, the challenges freeform and then with these experience boosts, they'll go a long way to make the game better
1: yeah certainly and I do hope that as December 8th comes around when the campaign pops up, they'll, you know, kind of enforce that it's no longer truly a beta and go to the point where they're uh expanding the game a lot more. I I truly am excited because I you know the the only exposure to Halo I've ever had was my brother, you know, playing on the Xbox 360 back in the day with you know Halo 3 and Forge and stuff like that. So um,
0: but then having a friend who was actually kind of curious about this game, I was like, oh, it's free to play. Let's just try it anyways. And then actually get oh yeah, Oh yeah.
1: Certainly, cool. yeah. Yeah. And it, it is... It pumps me up. I actually really enjoy this game. Um, can't wait to see more.
0: Absolutely. I'm sure with the single player, it's going to make you really hyped up. And act, like you mentioned at one point, want to go back to the Master Chief Collection and see what in the world have you missed from this franchise you wish you played sooner.
1: Yeah, I truly do. You know, I I I was wondering about grabbing the Master Chief collection before, you know, like uh, you know, I, I was like I want to see how this, you know, actually went by, you know, and like um I know 5 is a bit controversial. 4 was a tad bit, but you know, I know Reach and all those other um yeah, parts of the uh franchise and the comic books comic books are vast that's what five kind of played on is the comic book series right
0: i don't remember uh, exactly i haven't i pretty much played a bit of my i think the Halo game mostly played was three that was the one i kind of that was when i first got into the xbox ecosystem was around when the 360 launch yeah i remember the red rings of death too was, oh yeah i was there during that time i remembered like my my brother Believe it or not, when I got when the Xbox three hundred and sixty came in my life, I remember it was my uh, birthday gift for my brother, and believe it or not, they actually like tried to prank it by leaving the <laughs> Xbox in the oven, not well, uh, cooked. Oh, okay. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> but yeah, they, they 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 were trying to play a joke by hiding it in the oven.
1: Yeah, because it would overheat. I get it. Oh my
0: god! But it was it was it was them not knowing. It was just like it was just a funny joke. So it was wait, like,
1: they didn't know. When, <laughs> they didn't know that there was a red ring of death.
0: Not back then, no. So they were not. Whoa. So this is like like launch close. Like this was like back around like the launch of the three hundred and sixty before these issues started coming rising up.
1: Yeah, like. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, all you have to really worry about is just getting the damn thing in stock, you know? So, like, uh, I mean, the Red Ring of Death was a thing, you know? It it was because of the... I think it was because the silicone they used was crappy. and
0: combination of that and the fact that the the way they distributed the heat in the system just made it really poor. But yeah, let's get back to... Let's just get into... Checking out uh, what they're gonna try, what some U.S. legislators are gonna try and do to combat these bots, and so yeah,
1: because it's insane that the bots just like automatically swoop it up and then they get scalped, and it's like, geez, I'm just glad about the law that they're gonna propose. You know, yeah, let's so, look into that.
0: Yeah, so a group of Democratic lawmakers are pushing to pass the stopping Grinch. Bots Act. And this legislation would make it illegal to use bots to purchase products and would punish those that sell products obtained using them. And it's being pushed by New York Representative Paul Tonko alongside Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal. Hey, look at that. My state's actually doing a good thing. And New Mexico's Ben Ray Lujan. And. While, you know, it's most of the PS5 and Series X are the first thing to come to mind, this seems to extend to especially any product purchased using bots. So, this could include... graphics cards!
1: I am actually excited, I'm actually smiling, and I'm so damn excited for this thing to pass, because, holy crap, I can get a 3090 at retail! Or... Hell, I can save up for just a simple 3060 Ti and just do whatever the hell I want with, like, 4K, 1440p gaming, even though I run in 1080p all the time, so, you know. Anyways, um... uh, But back to the excitement, uh... Yes! We have finally combated the scammers to the point where they will get imprisoned, or fined, or whatever this law entails. (laughs) Anyways, um... Oh my god, it is, it's, oh my god, because, like, you know, like it says in the article, the average holiday shopper is unable to compete with the light speed of the all-too-common, you know, it says Grinch bot, but bots in general, like, they're calling it the Grinch because the Grinch stole Christmas and all that, uh, but they're held at ransom by scalpers and third-party resellers, and, you know, nobody, no no parent, uh, nobody in general should have to fork over that much, you know. We should not have to spend you know 40,000 plus to get a 3090 when it's I believe it's 150 I think or I think it's $2,000, I can't remember. $2,000. Like,
0: uh, yeah, like 3090, uh, yeah, that's
1: about $1,000. But, you know, it's just like this is this is probably a very neutral. like in my opinion, this is a bipartisan type of um, law in my opinion. I'm not sure if that's the correct term, but I feel like whether you are on either side of the spectrum except for you know, the scalpers, I guess, uh, I-, I feel like you would agree that this is really annoying and this is not something somebody should have to deal with Um, and the fact that people have been starved for components and that the semiconductor shortage is still a thing and will be a thing for a long time the uh, the uh, fact that these scalpers have you literally hanging by your nuts or hanging by you know a string and they 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 are literally like they have you on a hold I feel like this would be a, I feel like this law, if this law does pass which I hope it does there's no downside it literally punishes people who are forcing this semi-conductor shortage to last longer than it should because people aren't able to get their stock in fast enough. Right. I feel like we're, we're being forced to, be like, be lightning quick when you can only hit F5 so much.
0: Yeah, literally, I I was lucky enough, I was able to be quick enough, and that, that I was able to get my Xbox Series X and PS5. Like, if it wasn't...
1: Thank for the, God.
0: Yeah, like, if it wasn't for that, <laughs> I probably would have had a PS5 literally on launch day, but... One of the things that it does mention, and this is why we think there's a good chance it could pass, is that in 2016, Blue and Schumer and Tonka were able to pass the Better Online Ticket Sales Act, which stops resellers from using bots to purchase tickets for concerts and sporting events. So they already we already had part of the deal done. It just now Holy. we Yeah, we had part oh of Oh my god,
1: they they already got it passed for For that, then... Then we're more than likely to see this pass as well. Oh my god, I'm so happy. Yeah. (laughs) Go right ahead, man.
0: Yeah. However, another thing it does mention in the article is that... The UK also considered a similar legislation early in the year. But so far, we haven't heard anything about it yet. So, hopefully we'll hear something about the United Kingdom side. That would be really nice to see. But... Would love to. Yeah, so at least it'll be another country that we all have to deal with, with this whole thing. So the more countries that we all have to deal with this, the better.
1: Oh, yeah. I hope this passes by, you know, just before Christmas, or it l- literally, like, I hope it passes freaking tomorrow of all damn things, you know? Um, of course, that's that's a pipe dream. But if this passes, oh, rest my heart. I hope uh I hope to see more on this later, you and, know.
0: And then we can finally get get us a RV powered GTX 3090. What? I don't know that what? that does not make any sense, but we'll go with it cuz
1: an RV powered 3090. What so are you telling me that I think I, I could <laughs> Are you telling me that I could harness the power of the thirty ninety and then go crossroad with it? And then basically become a Tesla a walking uh, no, a driving RV Tesla. Holy crap, Elon Musk, take my money. <laughs> um I mean uh I mean my god, you know. I- I'm just you know <laughs> Uh, and I, I just like, hope they did
0: it... Yeah, and you too can finally buy a new phone that uses the T-Mobile network and go to Nebraska and finally witness the wilderness.
1: Yes. <laughs> finally witness the middle of Nebraska. <laughs> by the power <laughs> of uh, the CEO of NVIDIA and sue from amd and uh you know uh I, I i'd have to reconfigure the damn thing you know but uh at least i won't have to reconstructure my development team because of a terrible launch year after year oh, you know
0: absolutely yeah we have to th- we're in the next phase yeah we have to we have to get this going here because my god
1: Woo <laughs> You know, I just oh yes, I love this. I am happy. I hope I am able to see graphics cards in stock from all over. But anyways, EA yes is making major changes. Oh, yeah. to Oh yeah. The dev structure. So um yeah. Let's get right into that. Yes.
0: A lot to say. So, as we know, oh, yes. Battlefield 2042, which, if you haven't seen our discussion last episode, we highly encourage you to check it out, because we went into very high detail about someone's experiences with the game.
1: And... Oh, yeah. Oh, and the um really terrible uh car textures on the Battlefield. Like, Ooh. my god.
0: Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so pretty much what happens to. after after the release of Battlefield 2042, EA decided they want to make some changes to how Battlefield is going to work. So, essentially what EA wants to do is wants to create a Battlefield universe that will seemingly span multiple games and offerings, which will be developed by different studios across North America and Europe. That's the basis of why they're doing it. They want to make a massive universe with this. I see. So what's happening is that DICE GM Oscar Gabrielson is leaving the company and pursuing a new endeavor outside of EA. And this also includes response Vince Zampella taking on a bigger role as the new overall boss of the Battlefield franchise. While Halo designer Marcus Leto is building a new development team in Seattle focused on injecting more storytelling into the Battlefield universe. Ripple Effect, the developer of 2042's portal mode, is developing a new battlefield experience in the 2042 universe. So this is like our big shakeup here. So now we're getting story So now we're getting story directors from Halo, which Halo has been known to have a pretty solid story. And then you're having someone who yeah. also already has experience with Titanfall coming into battlefield. And Titanfall has yeah. been a very popular actually, well, not in terms of sales, but popular among its player base as a powerful shooter. And they're...
1: Certainly. And,
0: and the portal mode, which I hear is actually like the best mode within Battlefield because it's a mode that literally lets you play all the older Battlefield maps. Not all of them, but a good majority of them inside 2042 and making their own experience in that world.
1: Yeah. I am... Um personally kind of excited for this. This is actually kind of interesting. Um, you know, uh, I've Pella, mm-hmm. you know, of course, from Titanfall uh, and respawn, uh, you know, um, halo designer, Marcus Slato, mm-hmm. uh, and the developers of the portal mode from 2042 ripple effect. Uh, the way I see this is that like, Titanfall had great gameplay, you know, Titanfall was a Masterpiece I know from a lot of from what a lot of people said I personally don't have any true experience and But I'm, I'm genu- I genuinely know that a lot of people have had great fun with that game. So uh, the uh, You know we got the gameplay now Marcus Leto building a new development team in Seattle. Focus on... So that... So... uh, Honestly, the reason why the battlefields haven't really had a a great story, or have had any real campaign, in a sense, or any story mode, is because I know they've... They've kind of been a flop. Or they haven't been truly... uh, you know, they work, but a lot of them are quite, uh, lackluster. I played four. I played, a uh, Battlefield Four's story mode. And while it was, you know, it was a, uh experience, I honestly got frustrated because a lot of the enemies were just, they're either, like, dense, they're acting really dense, or, or they were acting, um, like bots, and they were literally spawning out of nowhere. There was a lot of glitches. I remember there was, a, uh, there was a Tokyo one, you know, there was a Tokyo level, and you could literally jump off the side of the building, and you could see that there was no building beneath it. It was just a floating level. <laughs> um, I know Five got a lot of crap because they, they changed up the actual um, story. Uh, and they made it not as historically accurate, and people didn't truly like that. Which, I uh, don't like it. Don't buy it. You know, um, but I feel like if, if because I like you said Halo has a good amount of um, story to it. Uh, it's very. It was, and I personally I like I said I'm new to Halo, but if I play the campaign and I I like it, I'll let you know when it comes to the 8th. Um, but the idea of having somebody who is great at storytelling, being the head of uh, a new dev team, that would work on storytelling. I feel like they'd, uh, you know, I feel like it would improve the overall battlefield single-player experience. I know EA is kind of in that mindset where single-player is dead, but I feel like if this storytelling thing would work out, they would change their mind. Ripple effect, on the other hand, I think uh, I think because portal mode that was the most exciting part of the new battlefield. Um, I think with the whole new like universe thing, I feel like they would uh, it would become a, a live service in the sense that you could go back to older Battlefields, kind of... You know how, like, in Battlefield, you can switch to 1, or 5, or 4 in, in the sidebar. Um... I feel like that's what they are, uh... they're going to attempt, you know? And I feel like this, uh... this be quite, uh... Oh! Hold on one second. Uh... Brian uh, Bede or Byron Bede. I'm not, I'm not sure how to say that name. Okay. Um, they're a uh, shepherd of long term strategy and business decisions. Um, I see. So they've even got somebody from Call of Duty, like um, working on the battlefield. Um, franchise.
0: As if we haven't had enough FUs to Activision, as it already is.
1: <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, I'll separate the art from the artist, I guess, you know, oh, at this point, because... Uh, fuck that old mess.
0: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, go looking at all this stuff, it's like it's really interesting to see that, you know, we have, like, Halo coming, except all sorts of different talent, you know, like I said. There's Halo, in Call of Duty... There's, like, Titanfall even, too, and they're all mixing it in together to try to develop this, like, n- like universe, try to get Battlefield 2042 fixed up so it could be used as an anchor point for a whole universe, and that's a very in- ambitious idea that they have.
1: Yeah, definitely, and, uh... It, you know the uh, the rumor of the uh, sequel to Fallen Order? Um, for Jedi Fallen Order?
0: I would believe it, yeah. Like, I know that Respawn has done single player games. And the funny thing, too, I was going to mention this, uh, it was talking, kind of set my mind, but since you mentioned Jedi Fallen Order, it reminded me: Jedi Fallen Order actually performed as of EA's expectations. It actually performed well for them. So, that they, they are, they EA has, funny enough, been leaning into more single player games than what some other Western companies have been leaning into. They're, they've been gravitating towards the single player mindset slowly again.
1: Yeah, definitely, and that's uh, kind of uh, you know. I feel like that's kind of the side effect of uh, you know saying that it's dead versus it actually being dead because um, a lot of uh, a lot of games I like to play are usually single player because um, I feel like the ability to have a uh, you know uh, some things to connect you to the game what allows me to uh, enjoy it a little bit more than just playing the multiplayer. Like, uh, think of uh, Red Dead 2. Red Dead 2 was a masterpiece, in my opinion. It's a great game. Uh, But Rockstar has been focused on Red Dead Online a lot more. And that's because after the success of Theft Auto V, and they kind of shoehorned the Definitive Edition, I feel like I feel like Rocks <laughs> I I actually have... I, I have... Is that... Yeah, that's five. Okay. I actually have five. Um, as an Xbox title, yeah. I also have it over there. I'm sitting over there, I think. Uh, um, but uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, uh... I feel like they don't understand that a good single player can make people connect with the franchise way more than some shoehorned multiplayer. And I feel like it's shoehorned because I feel like they focus all their efforts on an online live uh, live service because they feel like it makes them more money. And mm, I'd say, yeah, because microtransactions and single-player games have less of an effect, I feel, than... Then yeah, then just a money spewing machine, you know. Um, However, uh, I think with the single player game, I think there there people have been. uh, How do I say this? I feel like people have been starved of a great single player game that they can just go back to and you know just. Either live or relive, and th- you know, there are great, there are great single player games out there that are only single player. BioShock, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as one of them, you know, I feel like, and I also feel like uh, some of the, uh, you know, e- even though they're, you know, Call of Duty is mostly multiplayer, I feel like some of the campaigns, and you know, I noticed how Black Ops Three felt like a disaster because they tried to not connect it with the Black Ops franchise, and I feel like when 4 didn't even release with 1, to shoehorn in a uh, battle battle royale, felt like it was uh, quite a a cash grab. Sorry, I keep on... It's fine. Uh, But, you know, I feel like if a single-player experience was actually... If, if they put heart into it, I feel like that would... Um, that would add to the overall, like, love of the franchise, I feel. But, anyways, I feel like I'm talking too much. Uh, no, speaking of... Not. going But, yeah, I mean... But... Eh, anyways. Um, I mean... At least we can go back to older games, you know? You know? Like... Uh, you know how like the xbox game pass and stuff how you can they have a lot of older games and you can replay them uh-huh. like i i truly love that you know like, yeah it's it's like only 10 bucks i think right or did they change it i don't know for for a month of like playing older games you know
0: yeah so about or
1: even even newer ones
0: <laughs> yeah so at least it's like 8 or 10 bucks a month if you want to get like one platform but it's 15 if you want to get like the cloud gaming service and then, like, accessible PC and console Game Pass libraries. Uh, I see. But
1: anyway, I wonder how PlayStation would handle that if they did.
0: Yeah, so the idea of this, let me show you on screen here. Except without typing too, because I'm trying to transition over. Uh, Anyways, so PlayStation is planning on making a new service to take on Xbox Game Pass. Now, the thing is that. With PlayStation, what they're trying to do here is they want to merge the PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus subscriptions together because PlayStation Now kind of was like a proto game, like a kind of like a Game Pass-ish because it, w- I'm sure you know that PlayStation Now was originally Gaikai before Play-D- Sony and PlayStation bought them off and then rebranded them PlayStation Now. But the problem <laughs> is, is that you know, even though they did add the ability to download most of the games on the PlayStation Now library, it, everyone just still follows streaming only. Yeah, certainly. And so, what they want to do is they want to combine the two services together PlayStation Plus, which is like Xbox Gold, and PlayStation yeah. Now together to streamline this and make it, you know, easier. So, the idea is this. Sony is playing is planning a new subscription service to compete with Game Pass. And, but the main difference here is that, unlike Game Pass, which first-party games get added to it right away, Sony still isn't doing that. So you're not going to get, like, Last of Us Part 3, day one, on this hypothetical service.
1: Yeah, I see.
0: Which obviously kind of stings because I'm sure if, like, say, you w- you wanted to do that, acquire that game, and you don't have like sixty bucks to spend, well, sucks for you. You can't spend the fifteen dollars to be able to play it for a month. So, but anyways, so this is how it's so it's going to be available on the PlayStation Four and the PlayStation Five. Yeah. And so, let me see on here, because I believe it offers something. And it's saying that in the spring, the service will merge Sony's two subscri- subscription plans together. And obviously, it's required for most online multiplayer games, and blah, 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 blah. But it's going to retain the PlayStation Plus naming. So, it's not going to be like PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus together. It's just going to be PlayStation Plus all together. Make it easy, people know the name, etc.,
1: yeah, certainly.
0: And it's also saying here that details have not been finalized, but it's reviewed by Bloomberg. Alliance outlines the service with three tiers. So there's three tiers of the service. The first one includes existing PlayStation Plus benefits. So in other words, the first tier is just PlayStation Plus exactly the same. The second tier okay. will offer a large catalog of PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games eventually. So in other words, you'll have access to some PlayStation 4 and 5 games that you can play with this second tier. The third tier, this is the one that gets a little bit more exciting, and this is the one that's close to Game Pass, is it would add extended demos, game streaming, and a library of classic PS1, 2, P- 3, and PSP games. Okay, so that's the idea, and we don't need to know about how much Microsoft's game pass thing is doing. But looking at this, it's, it's like the fact that you can't skip if you really want this to compute game pass. What a game pass does well is that it includes the first party games, it, it just includes it. You Definitely, can, have, yeah. like, what like next year. When Starfield comes out, because that's now an Xbox game, you can mm-hmm. play Starfield day one, and you could just pay fifteen dollars to play it for the month. Yeah, that is a huge selling point, and I know for someone like you, who's a mostly a big fan of, but that's the RPGs specifically Fallout. That's a pretty big deal for you. Just, oh, I'm guaranteed the next Fallout, and the next Elder Scrolls, and the next, and then Starfield. For just fifteen dollars a month, and or eight dollars if you're aiming for just PC, and I just hop on in, sit down, and just play the game.
1: Yeah. Um. I feel like it. Um. Yeah, I feel like that is a, for me that there's a selling point, too, because the idea of just. Like, you just pay the subscription and you get to play the game, um, but you don't have to shell out for it too much. Like, I feel like the way that uh, this service might... Um, is how it's documented right now. Yeah, I do understand, you know, uh, what you mean by that. And I feel like... Um, I think it doesn't... It's I'm not sure if it even is supposed to compete with Game Pass, because, like... I don't know. Um, I would love to see Sony do something very much like Microsoft, though. You know, have a... Uh, how do I say this? Like, uh, maybe play it on PC sort of thing. Like a streaming thing as well. You know? Like uh, like uh, cloud gaming, right?
0: Yeah, which is included in this... You can cloud stream in the most expensive tier
1: of... Oh, uh, okay. You can,
0: you can cloud but, stream in this version of PlayStation Plus, similar to, like, the most expensive tier of Game Pass, which is Game Pass Ultimate.
1: Yeah, but... Would you truly be able to play it on the, you know, on the computer, like, PlayStation 1 game, without emulating it?
0: Right, Can I know that right now you can definitely get the PlayStation... There's like a, there is a PS Now app you can get on PC. Okay. So yes, there have been ways, like, if it's on PlayStation Now, and you download PlayStation Now app, you can stream those games to PC. Okay. So it's likely going to be that when they combine the two services, it'll be you no know, just still PlayStation Now, it can go ahead and stream on your PC. like Kind of like you can with Xbox Game Pass now.
1: Oh, obviously
0: you probably want to have a, a PlayStation controller on hand because it's not gonna obviously yeah. it's a play, it's basing off a PlayStation version of a game. It's not like you're gonna have a PlayStation five flying around. But yeah, you wanna have a PlayStation controller nearby if you're gonna stream the games on PC. Xbox
1: okay.
0: Xbox is more like, hey, as long as you have the right utensils well, utensils, Jesus, that's not right. <laughs> as
1: long as you have a Steam controller, if anything.
0: Oh, Steam controllers, that's right. I do have a Steam controller on hand. I Or like a
1: Mad Cats bootleg. <laughs> I yeah, don't know.
0: This Steam controller, you can use this to play your freaking P- Xbox Game Pass games if you want to.
1: And you can enjoy all the benefits of a modern Nintendo Switch with Joy-Con drift. Sorry.
0: Woo! <laughs> We're going to Tokyo, boys. We're going to Tokyo. Let's go. Just kidding. Um Ooh. Yeah, we're going to Tokyo. Tokyo. Um, get that Tokyo drift ready. Okay, anyways. But what's interesting about this... Your drift! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What's interesting about this is that if you look at this, it's $15 a month. This feels more like... I wish I had a chance to say this earlier make it more concise. Oh, sure. sure. Um, If you are getting the PS4 and PS5 games, and then like the only real bonus is these older games... This just reminds me of mixing Nintendo Online, so Nintendo's basic service, Yeah, with like Xbox Live Gold. And that's a weird thing to say, but it kind of feels like that, because if the only advantage you're getting for upgrading to this newer service is just the retro, retro games, you're just pretty much just talking Nintendo Online at this point, because the main advantage you get to Nintendo Online is, yes, you get to play games online. Yes, you'll have access to cloud saves for most games. But the, oh, catch, yeah. but the catch is, is that the most of that value comes from the retro games. It's obviously even worse with the expansion pack, but I'm just noticing that now that all these companies are starting to get back into tiers, I remember back in the 360 days, it used to be Xbox Silver and Xbox Gold. Microsoft practically alleviated most of the tears because it's like, oh, it's just Game Pass. That's it. Mm -hmm. Practically. And And
1: Silver was, and and Silver is basically just you you own the console and that's it. Yeah. Well, Gold was, you know. Gold,
0: Gold was the one that you had to buy in order to get online multiplayer. Silver was like, hey, you could just use this to download DLC and stuff.
1: Yeah, certainly.
0: But that's the thing that I remember back when I was like a kid and like Xbox Gold was literally freaking gold. Because the ability to play online was just that cool thing you had to have. Certainly. Having your older brother play all these games online, you're like, I want to do this too. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck.
1: But I want to play, I don't want to pay 10 bucks. I'm gonna go buy PlayStation 2.
0: That's right, cause PlayStation 3 still had free online at the time, but PlayStation 4 is like, nope, middle finger, f you.
1: Yeah, uh, that whole thing, I I understand why it happened because moderating the uh, the like not moderating but uh, maintaining Xbox Live, I know this was a pain, and I know S- Sony figured that if Xbox is doing it, why not? Um, and what's interesting is that they won the console war in a sense because everyone was like, oh yeah, PlayStation 4 or nothing, you know, and then, but you've had to pay for the online service now, so.
0: Yeah, what makes Uh, it even worse, though, is the fact that Nintendo, fucking Nintendo, who is usually always behind on everything, lashed onto the paid online thing because they're like, oh, these guys are doing it. Yeah, let's do it too. uh,
1: yeah, I noticed that immediately. They just went full throttle and like with Nintendo Online, and now they're doing this like, paid like, pay five extra bucks for a DLC or something. I don't know. No, like twenty
0: um, something dollars
1: for. Oh, it. twenty, Sorry, so twenty. <laughs> oh, never mind. Oh, like
0: thirty bucks extra a year for a DLC, and you're like, ah, oh, shit. Whoa. And then, and Depression, yeah, sorry. Second like escape. <laughs> but you know what's more impressing, though?
1: What, uh, you know, hacking over the, uh, the, uh, one of the top-tier gaming companies because their, uh, development, uh, their, uh, CEOs are not the best people.
0: Kinda, yeah. We have to talk about the Game Awards. And the whole controversy that happened about that.
1: Yeah, because, uh, well, you know. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Do you want to head straight into that topic?
0: Yeah, let's do it at this point. So what, All right. so what <laughs> happened here is that Jeff Keighley, who is the main host of the Game Awards, it's, I mean, obviously, it's kind of become, like, the end of the year E3 at this point. With, that just happened to have awards. Yep. Um, he his original stance on this was he was trying to think about how to navigate Activision Blizzard's involvement in the ceremony, and he wanted to support employees and developers. Which, mm-hmm. and then he added later he support people coming forward with their stories, but also didn't want to diminish developer opportunities to spotlight their games. So, in other words he says, we have to think very carefully about how to proceed here. And yeah, so essentially what happened here originally is that Jeff Keighley, the main guy behind the Game Awards, was like, I want to put more spotlight on the developers, but I know these corporate execs are shitty and I want to feature these developers, but the people behind them are just absolute dickheads.
1: Yeah, and I, I see his stance on this. It's, it's very difficult to, um, you know how um, everyone would look at, uh, think of it like this. Um, you are a company, and you have telemarketers or customer service, and those people in customer service, they get a ton of bullshit from everyone. And they're not the higher ups. You know, and they get blamed for it, but vice versa. People always look at the king of the CEO when they think of, you know, I don't know. Uh, you think of Jeff Bezos when you think of Amazon, you know, you think of, uh, well, I'm not sure about right now. Did, did Jeff Bezos sell Amazon? I, I forgot that whole thing. Oh, my God.
0: No, he such a res- moron. he resigned from being CEO. Oh, uh,
1: okay. Never mind. he's Still <laughs> part
0: of the board of directors, but he is not the CEO of the company anymore. That's for that's to a different guy now.
1: Uh, okay, uh, I see. All right. Well, you know what I mean. Like they look at the highest, higher up. You know, like uh, you know when there's a problem, at like with Call of Duty. I think like when they back then in Black Ops Two, people always focus on David Vonderhaar when the game was doing bad things, like. You know, like the snipers having lower, having higher time to kill or something. A few other things. Uh, And you couldn't get a quad feed anymore. But um, I don't know, just uh, stuff like that. You know, they always focus on that sort of stuff. And it's very difficult to spotlight somebody that when, you know, like you said, that the CEOs are pretty shitty. But when you think of this company you either think of the higher ups and you get angry at the lower like tier you know like customer service representatives you know yeah I, so I see what's where that goes
0: yeah. anyway so later in the week you the, uh, Jaquili then elaborate the activation Blizzard's involvement in the game awards which he posted later that night last the pro- night prior to the update. He confirmed that the publisher is not appearing outside of the categories its games are nominated for. And that he added that there is no place for abuse, harassment, or predatory practices in any company or community. He also went on to say, I also realize we have a big platform which can accelerate and inspire change. We are committed to that. But we all need to work together to build a better and more inclusive environment so everyone feels safe to build the world's best games. So translation is, yo, um, listen, you guys... Just, we're only going to mention your games, and that's it. Don't show up in the show.
1: I see. Huh.
0: So, in other words, like, so Activision's games are still going to be nominated. Yeah. But the actual figureheads from the company are not going to be there.
1: And that makes sense. You know, it's easy to boo somebody. Um, you know, when they're there and it's not, it's not easy to feel the shame, you know, when you're not the one being, having the finger pointed at, you know? Yeah, I feel. So, um, yeah, um, I agree. They, you know, I agree with this stance. I feel like it's the best balance rather than just blacklisting versus, you know, um, Allowing this, these people to be there, and then, you know, uh, I mean, it, I hope you understand.
0: Yeah, you, it's um, not you, you want a blacklist to say "fuck the executives." Let's honor the developers more. So that's kind of what he's trying to do. But obviously, before the beforehand, there was a bit of backlash because some people were like, "You're still allowed Activision Blizzard to represent." You know, be represented in this show. They shouldn't be shown off at all. But this is like the best. Honestly, this is probably the best compromise they can have. Is like, hey, we'll we'll mention your games, but we're not gonna mention you yourself.
1: Yeah, that's. What I I, mean. I feel like, yeah, I feel like uh, that's this, the compromise they have to do. You know, um, and also I feel like. You know when, when conventions exist, there's always room for bad people to do bad things, and I feel like I don't want these developers to get the brunt end of uh, the blunt end of somebody's uh, hatred for somebody like the CEO.
0: Yeah, speaking of CEO chain, CEOs, once such CEO actually shut Actually, he stepped down from the company he worked for. And this is Jack yeah. Dorsey of Twitter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, on November 29th, so this was very early in the week, so we're done with our gaming topics now. We're all on tech now. Okay. On November 29th, Jack Dorsey stepped down. And he's going to be replaced by Parag Argawal, who was a board member and former chief technology officer. And while Dorsey will remain a member of the board until the term expires. Yeah, so he's going to remain a member of the board until the term expires to the next year. And he said he decided to leave Twitter because I believe the company is ready to move on from its founders. Because I believe Dorsey was actually one of the founders of Twitter. He says, my trust in Parag as Twitter CEO is deep. His work over the past 10 years has been transformable. I'm deeply grateful for his skill, heart, and soul. It's his time to leave. And Dorsey also warned of the potential pitfalls when a company founder stays on for too long. And he says, there's a lot of talk about the importance of a company being founder-led. Ultimately, I believe that's severely limited in a single point of failure. Unlike Steve Jobs of Apple, which that gay man catapulted Apple back into the spotlight. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but he's also I made, feel it. i was gonna say, let me continue for five seconds. Sorry. Dorsey still remains CEO of Square, which is a digital payments company. So that's like you know, so sometimes you'll have those iPads at like restaurants where you could like swipe your credit card. The little devices you yeah. plug into the iPad. Yeah. He still remains the CEO of that company.
1: Okay. Square.
0: Yeah. So he's still the CEO of that, but uh, yeah, but let's just talk about our thoughts on this. Like, what do you think of all this that's going on? Okay. Um,
1: yeah. And I apologize before for trying to cut you off. I didn't mean to, but, uh, anyways, um, so uh fine by me I mean I don't truly really use Twitter that much of course because like you know I'm I'm a, you know Twitter is such a strange place for me it feels I don't know like you see the the bad stuff on it and then you see like people are just like oh yeah I use it to communicate with people it's pretty okay um or I use it for tech support or something you know or whatever when it comes to this or that. I reach out to them. Uh, It doesn't... I don't truly care, but um, I I get the uh, idea of, like, not staying for too long on one thing, because if, you know, I mean, some people are dynamic in the sense that if they do the same thing over and over, it just becomes clockwork, and they literally can't Break out of that sort of thing. Like, they're like, aren't I supposed to be doing this? Or aren't I supposed to be blah, blah, blah? You know, and, um, you know, I, I think that, um, I feel like founder led type of, uh, companies, they, they, uh, you know, they have, I wouldn't say an ego but like what he said um I wouldn't say ego but I feel like they believe that their vision is is the rightest side of history I guess you know mm. um and they don't think that anybody else could do their job better you know and I feel like I feel like if you hand your company off to somebody you are putting trust into that entity that they would um, make your um, make your company or uh, your creation their own with respect to what you originally envisioned but also you give them the respect of allowing them to see this uh, and make it not their own but make it um, even better, you know. Some people like, um, you could argue that Disney made Star Wars better, or that they made it worse, or that they made the Marvel universe better or worse. You know, right. Think of it like that.
0: Yeah, I would have to say though, with Disney, the main advantage they had with the Marvel universe was the fact that they had money to get all the care most of the characters back.
1: Oh yeah, of course.
0: Considering what the situation they were in. Marvel's in beforehand with a lot of their characters were all scattered about from all the different film publishers, Disney was like, okay, we're gonna scoop you up, and in addition, we're gonna try and get all your characters back. They still have to deal with something with Spider-Man, but besides that, that's about it, but let's just bring it back into the oh, yeah. article a little bit. So, one of the things that... Of course. Um, yeah, so one thing I did notice, it was, it was in another article, but it looked like he was already starting some, like, reorganization of, of the company already, so it seems like a lot of the stuff he's He's trying to get things on track, like, immediately. Now, one thing I do want them to remove or reevaluate is this whole Twitter blue thing that they did, which is, like, a subscription service they had for Twitter. We're literally... Yeah. Literally one of the most annoying things that if you want to edit a freaking tweet... I'm like, I'm not joking about this.
1: No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Three bucks, and you get to edit your tweets... And yay! Ah, amazing. Uh, what? How? How is basic functionality paid service? What?
0: Yeah, I have no idea. I do. I honestly think that I would take a few more ads if it means I can ha- I could do that feature for free. Mhm. Like yes, we all hate ads, and I get that. But sometimes ads are necessary evil.
1: Oh yes, and uh, people say, "Oh yes," but ad block. But some people don't ad block. Okay, most people don't. You I, know, I don't like, ad block. No, I don't ad block either. I I don't really truly care that much about. I mean, I understand. Oh yes, you know there is a uh, you know, uh, my time is valuable and all that stuff, but. I'd rather give a little bit of time than pay for a subscription that slowly gets neutered over time, I feel. You know?
0: Yeah. I'd rather spend $1,900 on a Tesla Cyber Quad than.
1: Be- oh, yeah, me too. Honestly, take the kiddos for a ride. It's like. Vroom. Yeah. Going down so to the so park.
0: So we have to. Oh, talk- yeah. Yeah, we have to talk about this. So, pretty much the, the entry point to our Tesla's range of electric vehicles got lower. On Thursday, the American automaker announced the Cyber Quad for Kids, an angular electric all-terrain vehicle inspired by the company's Cybertruck concept. At $1,900, the ATV costs a tiny tra- fraction of the next cheapest Tesla you could order online. And obviously, it's not the first ATV that they showed off since there was one with the Cybertruck. That they showed yeah. off back then. But this one is more so for anyone ages 8 or older. It can accommodate to anyone up to 150 pounds. Spoilers, I'm heavier than 150 pounds, so I'm not going to fit in this stupid thing. And you can get up to 15 miles and a top speed of 10 miles per hour. Even though it's optionally be limited to 5 so yeah and you and the battery pack can only be regular charged and not supercharged. So
1: oh man. Dang it. I was thinking we drive down to the nearest uh Tesla station. Vroom! Supercharged. <laughs> Keep on going and we'll we'll, all, we'll be in uh freaking like Ontario by then.
0: Woo! Okay, but anyways, um yeah, this is an interesting idea. I think I kind of think that this would have made more sense like give like if official car manufacturer would do this for kids like not just license the material out for like Fisher Price to make a car but like an actual car manufacturer make this thing it would be really cool yeah
1: just like a certain uh certain uh phone you know certain phone for Fisher Price anyways uh, but yeah no it's <laughs> uh yeah, nice I love the I like the idea of this, uh, though I... You're paying for a Tesla made by, like, a toy company, you know?
0: Yeah. This is, like, this is an actual Tesla. The only difference is just it's in a quad. Like, I'm not gonna argue with, like, if I was a rich-ass motherfucker, I would probably buy this for my kid, no question about it. Oh, yeah. Like, having my young son be able to drive around the backyard with this thing would be freaking cool, but...
1: Oh yeah, certainly.
0: Obviously because it only goes ten miles per hour, you don't want to bring this on the streets. Just leave it in the backyard or on a hiking trail, and you're good. Definitely. But what's even I mean, but while this is meant for the this is meant for the kids, let's talk about something a little bit more grown up. Let's talk about how Qualcomm is now making some more new chipsets for ARM. Qualcomm. Certainly. So, essentially what's happening here is that Qualcomm is expanding its line of ARM chips for Windows and Chromebook. And they're doing the Snapdragon 8CX Gen 3 and the 7C Plus for Gen 3. And it's also being built... So, at least the Snapdragon 8CX Gen 3... Is being built on last year's Gen 2 and is the it's actually the first five nanometer PC platform according to Qualcomm themselves. And it's being designed mostly for ultra slim and fanless laptops in mind. So in other words, super thin laptops to go. Netbooks. Well, not netbooks, but you get the idea. It's meant for like a lot of stuff in that regard. And they're also, oh, yeah. it's also saying that the chipsets will deliver up to 85% improved performance compared to the previous generation and 60% better performance than x86 chips. So they're saying this is going to be better for, you know, like basic old usage computers at least. And they're saying that it's going to have 5G and Wi-Fi 6 slash 6E connectivity. And it's going to offer multi-day battery life, upgraded camera and audio functions, and chip to cloud security. And there's a lot of technical stuff here that we don't really need to get in as much into.
1: And yeah, definitely not.
0: We'll just say that according to this thing here, with the GP that's inside this thing... You'll be able to play games in full HD, so 1080p, at 100 frames per second. And Qualcomm claims that the platform optimized let folks play up to 50% longer than certain competing platforms. Now, because this is a Snapdragon, again, this isn't like Intel or AMD, this is not going to work with those sort of games. The architecture is way too different unless Windows gets their pseudo-wine thing working. I think I remember I saw them working. On, I thought I saw them working on that at one point, but yeah. So, but yeah, like the seven C plus is more meant for like entry level, and then this eight series one that they have is going more for like higher end usage. But mm. but the fact they have a new chipset here, that's gonna have, be useful for some. Oh, and they also are showing off the G three X. And I remember hearing this rumor thing. So if you scroll down the article I had here from Engadget for the Qualcomm thing, you'll see yeah. this like prototype headheld thing. Oh yeah. That's supposedly a razor device that's being developed.
1: Oh, that's quite interesting. It's like a uh, it's like a Steam Deck with a mixed with like an uh Aya uh, Neo or whatever it's called
0: yeah but the uh, thing is that the controllers don't detach and it's using a pure mobile like, chipset so this thing i heard was actually going to be pretty ridiculous like it supposedly has an 8k camera in it for some freaking reason i have no idea why
1: why would you put an 8k camera in a handheld device what are you like what are you traveling to like africa and taking pictures of the wildlife while you're playing fucking uh, fortnite or something <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know, but it's like, i heard some weird. It has like a OLED, like a hundred twenty hertz screen or some ridiculous thing like that. Like it's, oh, interesting little device. I'll just put it that way. But yeah. Oh, yeah. It says to show up the platform. Labor Razer collaborate with Qualcomm on a handheld gaming dev kit that's available to developers starting today via its website. The Device features a 120 Hz, 6.65 inch OLED display with 10 bit HDR support, four speakers, and a built-in controller. The device can be even be used for live streams that includes audio and video feeds from players since it has a 1080p 60 frame per camera and dual mics. So apparently, this can be you can live stream with this thing. For some reason. Jeez.
1: Jeez. Oh my goodness. I Like, I'm going to be honest, like, that's insane, in my opinion. Like, I, I, like, the idea of being able to stream with, like, a handheld and just doing whatever the hell you want on it. Like, you could be gaming and streaming on this, on this thing, you know? You could, I mean, maybe, I don't know. But I do love the idea of this. It, it's got a lot of features that I like. You know uh, the idea of like the one twenty hertz screen. Um, that'd be good for video games uh, and the HDR, of course. Uh, I don't know about six point six inch displays because uh, that's uh, you know it's kind of small. It's
0: for reference. Think of the Switch's screen.
1: Yeah, it's probably
0: uh, the same size as like the Switch screen
1: might work then yeah yeah uh but yeah anyways awesome yeah awesome i like this
0: so that's the device they highlighted here that like hey um that's what they're announcing here but yeah um these chipsets seem like they're gonna be really good especially on like notebooks and stuff like that like laptops that you know don't need as like battery intensive cpus like a x86 chip Like, that's that. Like, these sort of chips, these arm chips are meant to be battery efficient powerhouses that are good for quick, snappy tasks. Like, definitely, like having these sort of processors on phones. Like, imagine that, like, being able to push mobile gaming even further to be able to, oh, imagine if these things could actually support an Xbox One or a PS4 game. I don't think it's gonna be that crazy or powerful, but it's. Bleeding towards yeah, these chipsets might actually be powerful enough to be able to handle that, which is ridiculous.
1: Definitely, cause you gotta think like um Slim and fanless laptops <laughs> are very difficult to cool when it comes to like you know, uh I believe X eighty six, uh but um like you try to run games on them and they sound like a jet turbine. Let me tell you, Um, and I feel like if uh, if these uh, arm based chips, you know, um, I feel like they would um, like five nanometer, uh, excuse me, uh, CPUs. Is that what this is? So um, a process note. Okay, yeah. Um, The idea of like AMD right now has seven nanometer. This is five nanometer. Now, the, uh, uh, what is it called? The, the things inside of them, the, the process like nodes, they have to get really small. So like, they can only get so small before they are impossible to make any smaller. Unless and you, we're getting to that point, you know?
0: Yeah, unless you somehow can manage manipulate squeeze light like we talked about last week.
1: That too, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know. um,
0: Yeah, at that point, you're going to eventually start talking about nanoelectronics and get to a point that you could start making screens that can, like, be actual scrolls, which is insane to think about.
1: Yeah, certainly. I- I'm quite excited about this as well, because this would be great for... Uh, productivity workloads, I feel. I feel like you'd be able to, uh, on the go, be able to use a bunch of um, ARM-based software Yeah. and be able to...
0: Yeah, if if there's like a tablet version of like, like ARM version of, say, Photoshop that you can just plug into a tablet that has one of these newer ARM-based processors yeah then it'll work out really well or in my case like imagine if i had like an arm-based snapdragon like the high-end one that's using this razor prototype here plopped it down and i can use it like run photoshop on it and make some animations off it you like adobe animator or something like that oh man brilliant again granted if there's an arm-based version of it or if windows can perfect their ARM based emulator, I think they've been working on for a while. Cause I know that they're gonna do they've done ARM apps through the means of Amazon on the Windows store, but like if you have like the perfect ability to emulate X86 apps on an ARM based processor.
1: Oh yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah, that that
1: mentioned you mentioned wine earlier. Is that the uh is that the emulator?
0: Yeah, wine is typically like used a lot of times like emulate like certain programs. Wine is mostly especially used to emulate when Windows programs on like Mac and like Linux. Oh,
1: sort of an inverse of that.
0: Kind of, yeah. Mm. We're talking about being able to emulate. I, they need to perfect the ability to emulate Windows on, because if, if you could per- emulate, if you could have an ARM based version of Windows that could perfectly emulate the x86 programs you're golden
1: yeah and at that point that's compatibility mode 2.0 and then windows probably could just move on to arm you know if you know well that works out you
0: know? yeah because arm's already a quick snappy processor it already is so imagine being able so if windows can actually fully migrate to arm then imagine game pcs just running on arm and having this quick yeah. snappy architecture that can just obliterate everything. Like gaming performance can be off the roof if done correctly.
1: CSGO arm running at uh one thousand two hundred FPS.
0: Woo! That what Oh, a- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no delay at all. Oh, exactly. Um, It'd be great. And you can pl- and best part too, you play it in 5G. So you can be anywhere with it. Oh uh, yeah. Um but let's not get this misinformation sp- carried away from us, because what's uh, that get, yeah. what's not get tricked by some cats on the internet? These uh, adorable little cats. Oh, no. Let's
1: not, um, let's not have a keyboard cat telling me about, uh, certain things.
0: Yeah, so probably what's <laughs> going on is that there's a new Tang Dynasty television, and apparently there's a station linked to the Chinese spiritual movement Falun Gong. He posted a Facebook video of a woman's sh- Saving a baby shark stranded on a shore. Next to the video was a link to subscribe to the Epoch Times, a newspaper that's tied to Falun Gong and that spreads anti China and right wing conspiracies. And that post collected 33,000 likes, comments, and shares. And the website of whatever reachers say is a chief. Right, research online. Reported regular posts about cute animals that generate tens or even hundreds of thousands of interactions on Facebook. Stories include kitten and chick naps so sweetly together and why orange cats may be different from other cats. And Western Journal, a right-wing publication that has published unproven claims about the benefits of using hydroxychloroquine to treat COVID-19 and spread falsehoods about fraud in the 2020 election Oh it's Liftable Animals, a popular Facebook page. Liftable Animals post stories from Western journals main website alongside stories about golden retrievers and giraffes. And the main thing they're, t- they're trying to show here is that videos and gifts of cute animals, usually cats, have gone viral for as long for a very long time. And they're saying, now it is becoming increasingly clear how widely the old-school internet trick is being used on people and organizations peddling false information online, Misinformation Research says. The posts with animals do not directly spread false information, but they can draw a huge audience that can be redirected to a publication or site spreading false information about election fraud, unproven covid COVID cures, and other baseless conspiracy theories entirely unrelated to the videos. Sometimes following a feed of cute animals on Facebook, unknowingly signs up users as subscribers to misleading posts from the same publisher. So, and and then one person, Melissa Ryan, who is CEO of Card Strategies, mentions the strategy works because the platforms continue to reward engagement over everything else. Even when that engagement comes from publication that also publish false or misleading content,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's also mentioned that perhaps no organization deploys the tactic as forcefully as Epoch Media, and they said they published videos of cute animals in twelve thousand sixty-two posts on its one hundred three Facebook pages in the past year, according to an analysis by New York Times. Those posts, which include links to other Epoch Media websites, racked up nearly 4 billion views. And trending World War Epoch Facebook pages was 15th little popular page on the platform in the United States between July and September. And, it's, and an example of this is that by the Epoch Times Taiwan page, they show up a close-up of a gold retriever while a woman tries to, main in, to pry an apple from its mouth. It and over 20,000 likes, shares, and comments on Facebook and yeah, you can see here that there's a bunch of animals used on this. So pretty much, sum this all up without explaining too much. Animals are being used to spread misinformation.
1: Yeah, and it's it's uh it's quite um it's quite scary, you know. Um, when we when I saw this article and I presented it to Hydrowave, we were laughing. And then we looked deeper into it. Um, cause we were like, those cute cats online, they help spread misinformation. And it was like, oh wow, yeah, that's kind of funny, you know. Um, keyboard cat, and nine cat, grumpy cat, and all that. You know, little bub. Uh, so, it, it was just quite, like, as we delve deeper into it, this would just felt like the Activision Blizzard segment all over again. Um... Because we we delved deeper in the article, and it was like holy shit. There's a lot more to it, um, but it, it wasn't as deep as Activision Blizzard. But it's quite scary that you could um, you could run into a a thing that um, how is it uh, you could run into uh, like a meme or a video and. You know whatever adsense or something would redirect you to slightly less um genuine uh videos or topics videos of topics uh and well i well, I don't really uh take a side you know uh, in a sense of like uh it, like in the sense of like right wing in a sense. I'm more like, I understand the concern about misinformation. Um, because I I do feel like, uh, I do feel like that is probably the, it's probably the worst, uh, part of social interaction is the game of telephone that a lot of, uh, information goes through where, uh, I could say, uh, you know, energy, and somebody could, you know, eventually spread it to me saying, like I said, uh, you know, uh, Zenny or something, um, something weird, I don't know, I'm just looking at my guitar amp, uh, but yeah, no, um, it's, it's, it's scary, and the idea of uh, the... I'd say this is more of a... not a conspiracy, but a... a uh, an, uh, uh, an observation that could be true. Um, because I feel like, yes, this c- can happen, and this does look like plausible. Rather than a conspiracy theory, which truly isn't. Um, but a That's, that's, uh, there's, there's no end to misinformation when it comes to the internet or, you know, anything really, let me tell you, you know?
0: Exactly, because it's like, no matter what side you are on, like, about the right, or even when you see an article, like, imagine a cat, it's not just right-wing conspiracy, but left-wing conspiracy too, because, this It's also fueling the political division that we're seeing within our society, at least in the United States, for those of you who are watching from abroad. Yeah. But it's just like this whole thing is causing – it's further causing division already because if the the algorithms of the social media sites focus more on engagement, how long are people watching the content, how long are people reading, how many clicks, and not Mm -hmm. the quality of the information that you have it's going to cause it's already causing issues with how society treats each other
1: and and that's quite scary cuz you know the uh, capitalizing on engagement because that's how you get more ads shown and that's how you get ad revenue and all that stuff you know um it's quite uh it's quite disturbing that companies would choose uh profit over uh genuinity i guess or the truth of uh, the uh, uh, the quality or the, uh, what is it, the point that it gets across, I guess, that, you know, or uh, help me out on this, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like, I know that, like, even us, like, we have to try and make our, our thumbnails even as engaging as possible or as click-worthy as possible. Like, the whole concept of making our, you know, appearance of the show as click-worthy as possible. Like, I even had to try to make the UI of the entire show, like, the everything you see here, it's like, yeah, it looks nice to me, but it's just like, I have to try and make sure this thing looks as nice as possible to try and retain people so I can still spread information, at least uh, try to properly.
1: Yeah. Um, and information that, you know, is genuine as possible and is you know um you know with with a side of entertainment in a sense you know like uh, making sure that this news is engaging enough you know that you as the viewer feel like you would want to come back to us you know and i i truly appreciate everyone who does you know
0: oh absolutely and then that way when we get to say a hundred episodes we can all look back at the photograph of how far we came from Episode 1.
1: Yeah, and... you know... That sort of stuff, you know? Like... The red eyes and... You know, whatever the fuck is on uh, Hydro's head. Actually, wait, no. What... what the hell is that? On Alpaca's head, because... give me one second. Uh... What the hell is that on alpaca's head, dude? <laughs> oh shit! The lights are attached to me. What the hell? Get <laughs> get the lights off. Get the lights off. I'm tangled. Holy oh,
0: shit, Did you just super glue the lights <laughs> to yourself? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh,
1: that's, anyway, that's uh,
0: having what some of the times in which my ha- hair will get stuck on the fly trap, the hanging fly traps. Uh That's really annoying.
1: <laughs> Scootily boopadoop, doop. Get the fuck out of here, please. All right. <laughs> uh
0: but hey. This is at least at least you can't get much worse than this. I mean, we can get to pretty bad things, but I would say that the FCC trying to sue to block NVIDIA's purchase of ARM is a better thing to see than watching uh, yes. people get misinformed by cats.
1: Yeah, those sons of bitches. <laughs> you know, uh, it, when I saw this, I was like, what is Sadie up to? I, I have a cat. Her name's Sadie. And uh, at one point, she unplugged my Ethernet cable, and I was unable to, <laughs> to- to fi- diagnose the issue, until I looked, and I was like, "What the?" <laughs> I was like, "Why well, am offline?" <laughs> Anyways, uh, I mean, yeah, let's talk about that because roadblocks and uh, plans to acquire.
0: Yeah, so last let's week- talk
1: about that. Yeah,
0: so last week we had we were talking about how the UK was trying to investigate the same acquisition as well. So the UK is investigating and now we have the FTC also investigating it. And they both countries, which in this case we're talking with the FTC, which is the United States Federal Trade Commission, they're yeah. trying to sue to block the merger over concerns. the $40 billion deal was stifled competition from multiple technologies, including data center and car computers. ARM is a critical input that follows competition between NVIDIA and rivals. And a merger would give NVIDIA a way to undermine those challengers. Which, we talked about this last week, too. That we feel like NVIDIA could potentially utilize this to increase royalty fees to use the architecture. And that this, in turn, could do stuff like potentially give Nintendo, I mean, it's an indirect consequence... But Nintendo, who's directly working with NVIDIA, would also have direct access to the ARM architecture without the to worry about other licensing and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, but I also feel like... Um, uh, uh, the uh, innovation that would, you know, be stifled by the royalty fees, but also I just realized that NVIDIA isn't very open source. I know AMD... And AMD uh, graphics cards and also Ryzen I think Uh, a lot of Radeon uh, uh, most of Radeon is open source I believe like not open source but uh, it was yeah so you can you can run AMD like uh, on a Linux distribution and have no problems but if you have an Nvidia graphics card you have to um, download specific drivers while with AMD you can you know it's just plug and play and you then you install the drivers um so with Nvidia being less open source in a sense I do wonder about this arm acquisition if they would pull a similar thing where they would lock down arm a little bit more yeah they would we were- we were just talking about, you know, Snapdragon and that sort of stuff. So it's a little scary in my opinion, you well, know. Be- um-
0: yeah, I was going to say, well, speaking of Qualcomm about this, Qualcomm reportedly objected to the ARM deal in communications with the FTC over fears NVIDIA might refuse to license designs. And according to NVIDIA's PR speak, they say that the acquisition would accelerate ARM's product plans, foster more competition, and still protect the chip architecture designers open licensing model according to nvidia and we do have a full statement down below about this and it says as we move into this next step in the ftc process we will continue to work to demonstrate that this transaction will benefit the industry and promote competition NVIDIA will invest in arms r d accelerate its roadmap and expand its offerings in ways that boost competition create more opportunities for all arm licensees and expand the ARM ecosystem. Nvidia is committed to preserving ARM's open licensing model, ensuring that its IP is available to all interested part licensees current and future. Okay. But like I said, that this could be deemed as PR speak because some say it's like, Oh yeah, we'll still keep it available to everybody, just pay us more money for it. Mm-hmm. Or in other cases, too we I just mentioned how Qualcomm reported objected to this deal, but then they also speculate that when heavyweights like Apple MediaTek, and Samsung also depend on this processor architecture, if Apple the rest of the market would be enthusiastic. So and at least the trial will delay clear the Union past and original 2020 target. So in other words, this may not even happen till like if it if it if this lawsuit fails, this might not be a thing we'll see till like 2023 or 2024 even. Yeah. Um hmm. like ARM itself at I mean technically if you want to reduce as much like thing as possible, ARM should just be an independently like a company. It should just be an independent company. No one should own it. It should be illegal to buy it. And just let it run as like a pseudo non profit organization sort of thing.
1: I don't know I about being illegal, but I—I uh, I mean, I or, think it, it should—or
0: at least have more funding from governments, per se. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I, I feel like it would—that would work a little bit better
0: than that's just I mean. <laughs> yeah, just have government protection to make it so it's harder to acquire the company. That's what I'm saying. Like, I yeah. that's what I mean. Like, you need to have a if you if it should be acquired. You wouldn't want it to be a already existing chip maker that could potentially use it to, you know, advance its own products. But at the same time, having it under NVIDIA could mean that, yeah, if, if you're talking about NVIDIA chips, imagine the possibility, like some weird possibility of, like, having like, ARM-based CPUs inside the GPUs for some reason, and then the two work together to make some sort of, like, GPU that happened to have some ARM-based CPU that can power additional tasks or something like that. Which could be potentially possible. Like, have a second... So it kind of has, like, a weird thing where you have your main CPU, but your GPU also has a secondary CPU that's an ARM-based processor that can be used to power other tasks.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Or, even better, though, at least, the main reason why... NVIDIA would probably want this a lot, and so like, they could use it to power their Tegra processors, which, like I mentioned, was in the Switch, but NVIDIA could use this to power like, cars and other gadgets. Mm.
1: Uh, um... And I, I believe that, um, although this is a little bit gloomy, one other thing is that um NVIDIA with the royalties. Um this this might actually kind of like uh what's going on with my face? Um th- this might actually like uh cause tech companies to create their own sort of software or not software or their own sort of chips, you know? Um I I, I do wonder about that, cause like um if NVIDIA owns ARM it's not just open to anyone to use it and modify it you know i guess um i wonder about if like if they'd be able to like if this would actually force innovation as well you know yeah. um
0: or what you I don't could technically know. do i mean another way that this could arm could technically you know operate is that instead of it being a company that is acquired by one company that tried to supervise it all to make sure it all goes according to plan, have it just be a company that kind of like the ESRB in the United States. It's as members from all the different companies that negotiate with ARM to figure out the, how to best advance technology forward. Okay. That's another uh, idea you could do. But yeah, this is an interesting thing. Like there are benefits to NVIDIA from doing it and obviously cons to every other company. And, definitely, And clearly, for I mean, in the consumer sense, it's probably best that NVIDIA does not actually go for this. But in terms of NVIDIA's production and technology they can come up with, it could potentially be a good thing, too. So who knows? But as long as this could be another story that we're definitely going to keep up with because it would be nice to have another ongoing story that's not just gaming related because we don't have many of these sort of ongoing tech stories.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we'll definitely Um, keep a close eye on this whole deal because this could shake up the entire cell phone and like net like Chromebook industry.
1: Yeah, we could. We could definitely. Either way, you know, we will. You know, we'll be seeing things. You know, we'll be. You know. Really, it's just you know. Like uh, however this goes, I am a little afraid that it would affect the bottom line. And I'm also I also don't know because Nvidia is less open source, like, than AMD with yeah. their drivers, I believe. So uh I don't know. It it I I it's a Big thing to think of. I I feel I, I'm. It's it's hard to think of. You know, like a how this will go. You know, it was it's. You know, when there's information about something, and then there's like this or that sort of. It, you kind of wonder what is truly right. You know. Yeah. I don't know, but, but
0: let's just say it this way. Let's lighten yourself up a little bit. It's a bird. Yeah. It's a plane. No, it's actually just
1: satellites. Oh, yes. Keep your eye on the sky. Because, uh... Uh... So, so there there was a... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Go right ahead, actually. I'll let you take this way.
0: It's your story. Go ahead for it.
1: Uh, Okay, okay. Um... So... Uh... There was a SpaceX Starlink satellite. A a few, I believe. Uh... That... (sighs) flew over um, near western North Carolina and well you might actually be completely terrified because aliens holy crap you know Uh, you you find an alien grey in the sky and it's like oh my like if I saw this I thought it's the end of times I thought the aliens were here but this is actually just the, uh, Starlink satellite flying about. There's a video here, and it's literally somebody filming it. And, oh my god, it looks like something out of Halo, I swear. Like, I, I, I it's terrifying, because, like, you know, you know, it feels like a spaceship that's just flowing about the atmosphere. And, um, is around 6.20pm, uh on, where is it, December 4th, so yesterday, I believe, no, no, it should have been, where does it say, uh, seen by many upstate on Friday, okay, so yeah, it it was, um, well, technically it's Sunday, but it was yesterday, Um, and, you know, people, like, this is is terrifying, (laughs) Um, but, uh, they successfully deployed 48 satellites on December 2nd and then on Saturday night, you know, the uh, 4th, like, uh, uh,
0: But yeah, it literally people, comes off as like a freaking stripe in the sky.
1: Like, yeah, like people start seeing that and it was like, What the hell? You know, that's terrifying like in my opinion if you don't know what the hell it is like like me personally i know about like the vastness of space and there's anything out there but if i see this in my in and i don't know that it's just a damn satellite i am like preparing for the end of the goddamn world because like What the fuck is this? It's a line in the sky just floating by. It looks like a, you know, it looks like a fish that just shadowed a a brick, you know? (laughs) Um,
0: Is this a ploy for Elon Musk to make us buy more Teslas? I don't know.
1: I don't know. Maybe he has a uh, connection with Halo and, you know, Halo Infinite. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe.
0: Maybe there's a uh, secret, like e- like a Tesla skin for one of the Halo Halo vehicles. That's going to be a thing. in...
1: <laughs> sorry, <laughs> off key monk chant right. chants.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, anyways, yeah. So, uh, is this the end, or maybe not? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the ship posts are back. The real, uh, yes. Hosts. Oh, <laughs> the real, sh- the real ship hosts—the one that we are known for—the ep- early episodes have come. Yeah, from- hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, man. The real ship hosts. So
1: okay. yeah, the ones that smell rotten, just yeah. like tofu sitting I- out in the backyard.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, um... So... Okay. We'll star- oh, let's explain this one here to the audience here. Like, what's going on here?
1: Mm-hmm. Rafton, Massachusetts. It is a somber night. You are at rest. But then, a putrid smell blows in from the windowsill. You walk outside. You see a shadow shift by. And you, he- you hear a scream. And you he- see the... You see the figures slowly shuffle away. And then you smell the rotten stench of something. These figures you believe are the mafia and they have just disposed of a dead body. But in reality, you're just a fucking moron. It's just tofu, you dumbass. <laughs> anyway, um, so, so, yeah, uh, so some people in Grafton, Massachusetts, uh, they're not actually dumbasses. I'm just saying that for the comedy. But uh, basically, um, toast, burnt toast, but rotten burnt toast, which makes no sense. They were looking for dead livestock and actual bodies. Um they couldn't leave the house without like you know, puking almost, and they you know, were just <laughs> um so uh it was around Creeper Hill Road, interesting name. Uh, throughout the town and they you know they were they they were looking about and uh, there's like there was like a company Feedback Earth or you know the Mass Department of Environmental Protection Divisions of Air Quality and all that they were um, testing around and, my God, like, there was tofu all around the city, or town, and, you know, they, they were just, <laughs> they were doing, they, like, I do not know how this happened, uh, but, like, somehow, these people got tofu all around the damn town, and... They're just walking around, and it smells terrible. Like, oh my god. I, I personally have never really had tofu go rotten on me, but if this is, like, if this is fucking, um, like, if this is a thing <laughs> that, you know, if this is a thing that people, like, people weren't paying attention, I swear. They, they were not doing a good job, uh, you know, with, uh, getting rid of their waste products. Uh, all I could say is, uh, make sure you double bag your tofu in, like, plastic. And, uh, uh you know, just, uh, don't, uh, uh, don't, like, uh, poison the town with rotten tofu smells. <laughs> I, like, I don't know how this happens. <laughs> You're just, right. Like, like, anyways, but...
0: Like, why did, why did they have to make a road... That some reason just sounds like something that could come out of freaking Minecraft. Like, imagine just trying to throw tofu at a freaking creeper. How are they gonna freaking respond to that?
1: <laughs> Hold on, I gotta turn off on noise suppression. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, Creeper Hill Road. Um. Uh, creeper is made by tofu. Confirm. <laughs> uh, that's all I can say. Th- they aren't made of gunpowder. They're made of tofu. You eat the tofu, and then you become a creeper. And that's why you're green, cause you're a vegetarian now. Anyways, I don't know. No, no offense, to vegetarians. I'm just saying, like, no. that's a... That's the joke. JPEG. Law. <laughs> But yeah,
0: well, um... Uh, yeah, it's,
1: almost like, it's almost like I'm trying to be a redneck! <laughs>
0: Anyways, uh... Let's well, just you, relive your redneck fantasies again, because... Let's relive my redneck Let me just, uh, grab this, uh, seven bowl and drink it.
1: Uh, no, I'm gonna drink, uh, beer. <laughs> beer.
0: Right, because someone uh, was shocked that a I book titled Redneck Night Before Christmas came from the school library, which I have no freaking idea how you would do this, but uh, yeah, I guess a mom found that her daughter was able to check out a book called Redneck Night Before Christmas, and, and I guess a book the parent who said she wants to know how the book filled with Confederate flags got into the elementary school.
1: Sorry, I'm drinking beer.
0: <laughs> you're, make, you're making a concoction of Red Bull and Dr. Pepper.
1: Sorry, I got that alcohol, caffeine. I'm drinking. I'm drinking.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um... A, and they were like this is the book this is the very first page and it apparently broke her heart and she said the title is problem magna but then she flipped to the first page which shows a Santa figure carrying a big bag with a confederate flag across it and the fuck?
1: are you are you me
0: and apparently it was like the first page just broke their heart local mothers questioned how this book the confederate flag got into the school library shelves and into the home her year old innocently thought it was a fun Christmas story until they opened it and fortunately wait now they didn't share the image oh thank god because I almost thought I had to get this video demonetized but now yeah, we're not a thousand subset yet so I don't know why that matters um,
1: anyway. Well, we're actually just drinking water, so...
0: Oh my god, what oh my god. sort of... <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: actually just drinking water, it's only water, it's not a... It's not a, a cold one, it's cold one.
0: You're mixing Monster, Red Bull, Dr. Pepper, water, and iced coffee into, like, some unholy concoction of beverages. What in the world? Uh. But apparently, and it's like, but then she continued to flip through the pages, and they found a picture of a gun. Like, not only that, but the school had to see this because they put uh, a post-it note over it. Here's another one they covered up as well. So they're putting post-it notes over the guns in the book.
1: Really? Why?
0: And it said, Martin said the sticky notes covering the Confederate flags and five of the illustration tell her someone knew it would be offensive and left the book on the shelves anyway. So probably what they were doing with this was they covered the entire offensive material with sticky notes. Oh.
1: So, why why did they... So they knew that it was offensive, but they just went ahead and just like, mm, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you know. So basically they gave it a redneck uh, uh, Christmas by, uh, you know, drinking so much and having that theater receipt. Oh seat.
0: my God. Why are you? How much, how much fucking cock should you do this? Now I have two... Fuji smart waters and like a Coke and a Pepsi can, a Dr. Pepper can, like several iced coffees. Monster, what the hell are you doing? You're making a drink that's probably worse than alcohol itself.
1: Well, give me one second, cause uh I got some eggnog.
0: Oh god. you covered- <laughs> eggnog equal to slap an egg in the middle of this abomination. Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, and even more. I've actually got more drink.
0: Oh, God, that's actual eggnog. Oh, wow. But anyways, yes. Yeah, so yep. And they said that the, the school told Channel not received the donated book at the beginning of the year from a school that had closed. They said they should have done a better <laughs> job reviewing what was donated and will be better at streaming books on the shelves.
1: Yeah, ma'am can't have so much water <laughs> sorry and Wait, drink so much you like. can't even see my face now
0: <laughs> and apparently and i guess this the person who received it was an african-american in her class so oh well um so think about how this is you're talking about confederacy Onto an African American woman.
1: Yeah. Uh I, I get that. That's that's mean. That's kind of uh uncalled for.
0: So this little uh, elementary schooler didn't know what this flag meant. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's kind at of at least
1: what it means nowadays. Yeah. It's like everyone abuses the the history of it, I feel.
0: Yeah, it was meant to be a flag that was sing- signaled signal the Civil War, but now a lot of people think it's like, oh, hey, uh, this is just reviving old, what should have been old forgotten beliefs. It literally changed. Based off all of this, I mean, cool. we were just laughing around at Tom Flurry at first because we were just like, hey, um, this was just so stupid that it seemed funny, but then you read it again and you're like, oh,
1: yeah, it's quite um it's it's literally like the cat thing, but not As bad to a point, you know. Not as bad, it's just kind of rude rather than literally creating misinformation. You know?
0: Yeah, we were just so. we originally were thinking like, oh boy, uh this is gonna be us joking around regneck style again, thinking about photographs and stuff, and uh well. Yeah. Clearly a lot worse mm,
1: Now I, I- yeah, but it's okay because I'm just drinking water and coffee. Anyways, and you I'm sorry. Like
0: five cans a seven bowl, and knock off monster at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not a phase, mom. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>,
0: sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um. Yeah, I don't have much else to say on this. So, our comment of the day at this point is we just received a lot of love from my from Fluffal Paka over here, and again, our friend at Death Serpent Gaming. Uh, he sent some love over with a heart emoji, and for those of you who don't know, I actually appear and gonna appear on episode three. Of the of Death Serpent's podcast. So please make sure to go check out. If I ever find out when it gets released. I'll make sure to link it. In either this video. Or a future video. For when it becomes available. And yeah. Then we'll have a little promotion there. To make sure that we're all on the same page there. Um, Other than that though. I, I, we don't really have a re- other any other comments worth talking about. I know we don't really get many anyways, but I mean as this podcast grows, hopefully we'll have some people that actually will comment and leave their thoughts on you know things they want us to talk about or whatever, but other than that, oh um, yeah. I'm HyWave99. And I am FluffAlpaca. And we'll see everybody next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. And fuck, uh, Bobby Kotick.